0: Pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural pain reliever available in this state, medical cannabis. Let me tell you about Alta California Botanicals. They're a manufacturer of fine cannabis tensures. Now you can take your medication in liquid form, much more discreet than pulling out a pipe and lighting up. Alta California Botanicals offers five different formulations, each one addressing a specific medical concern. There are two that are designed for pain, one to be swallowed of course, and a new one for external use only. I'm going to have to try that one myself on my arthritic fingers. There's a tincture for stress and one for anxiety. They'll certainly keep you mellow, and there's even one for people who suffer from MS. The cannabis tinctures from Alta California Botanicals come in one-half-ounce bottles. Each batch is laboratory-tested and certified free of pesticides and mold. In other words, completely natural and unadulterated. Alta California Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at alta, A-L-T-A, californiabotanicals.com and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss for AltacaliforniaBotanicals.com. Do
1: you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Are you looking to expand your current business? Women's Initiative of San Francisco began its business management training program for low-income, high-potential women in 1988. To attend a free orientation on how you can achieve your dream of starting your own business, or for more information, please contact 415-641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio.
2: Planned Parenthood is a trusted healthcare provider, an informed educator, a passionate advocate, and a global partner helping similar organizations around the world. Planned Parenthood delivers vital reproductive healthcare, sex education, and information to millions of women, men, and young people worldwide. For nearly 100 years, Planned Parenthood has promoted a common sense approach to women's health and well-being based on respect for each individual's rights to make informed, independent decisions about health, sex, and family planning. Please visit PlanParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco.
1: The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. Fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco.
2: The name of the game is compassion. The name of the game is compassion. To play the game we have at hand. Get ready to open and expand. The name of the game is compassion. Take this lesson home is the key to life. Learn this lesson well. Compassion is the key to life. Compassion is the key to life. There's no such thing as perfection. There's no such thing as perfection. If you think you have
3: to
0: be right.
4: It's Friday night. It's a whole new format. It's fantastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Yay! Yay! The clubhouse is now a showcase. It's no more open mic. Yay! Yay! So you can actually listen to com- comedians for more than four minutes and let them spread their wings and do funny jokes. And it's going to be a great time with all these amazing comedians. Uh, we're gonna have beverages in the back soon. Very exciting beverages here in the new beverage machine here at mutinyradio.fm. That's some exciting, exciting stuff. I love beverages. They are delicious. Uh, I also love jokes and all the comedians we have on this lineup tonight. Uh, some of my favorite comedians here in the city and from beyond. We have Portland represented tonight, super excited. We have traveling people from out of town. It's gonna be a great night. We're gonna get started and sing the song just like we do. If you know how to sing it, sing along with me. M-U-T-I-N-Y, let's pick a, let's, let's pick a, let me start it so you guys know what the key is. Let me give you a key, here we go. I'll do it Annie style. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high, 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 high. <laughs> I hear this shit is legal in Portland. Isn't that crazy? M-U-T-I-N-Y, Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! 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 Clubhouse forever and ever. Amen. Before we get started, we need to give a big thanks. In the back, running our ones and twos, David Zunzu Kerscher, doing the thing. Woo! Yes, Uh, maybe someday we'll give him a set and he'll rap for us and you guys will all be amazed at his, uh, his lyrical cipher skills with a Z. Or we could just have him play chess live, and he'll be like, king to night four, bitch. I don't even know if that's a thing. Is that a thing? Sweet. I did it. That's good. Did you feel like I made you a part of the clubhouse? Yay. He's so happy. He's laughing and laughing. When you get a laugh from David, you know your joke is actually funny. When you get a laugh from me, that's I'm usually drunk. Uh, Hey, our first comedian of the night is, I think... Uh, one of the most underrated storytellers in this city. I'm surprised that he, everything that comes out of his mouth every time he says it makes me laugh. Uh, I love all of his stories about acid and uh, traveling with fish and uh, fucking weird girls and uh, just hanging out with plant. What I mean by that is the plants that you, you finger fuck the bud, man. You just get it all over your hands constantly. I, I'm going to smoke some of his finger hash later. You guys... Put your hands together, see if you can unclap them from all that sticky resin. It's Bodie Lane!
5: Hello, thanks Pam. What a nice, like just such a nice introduction. I don't think I'm worthy of any of, any of that nice, those nice words. But uh, it's nice to be here with friends and the initial inaugural, inaugural? Showcase, right, yeah. This is it, this is is what we're doing. And uh, glad I'm here, man. Um, First thing I wanted to share with you guys is a little something um, that happened to me uh, the other day. I was I got a sublet over, I don't know, kind of like on like Divisadero near like the Independent by, right, the venue, right? And the person that gave me the sublet keys, um, the sublet keys came with not one, but two rape whistles. A little pink rape whistle and then a, a big black rape whistle. And uh, I'm not sure how I feel about the sublight now. Well, because the person that gave it to me is a very large man. If he feels unsafe, what the fuck? If, if a large man needs two rape whistles, what the fuck's gonna happen to me? Should I just carry around lube? I be like, fuck it, dude. Hey, it's cool, dude. These aren't gonna, you know, the one's just a little pink, little pink rape whistle. There's a little pink one, so I could be like, look how cute this rape whistle is, man. How about it. <laughs> All right, that's not, uh, rape's not funny. That's not, horrible, horrible thing to joke about. But I, I just did it, so that's, that happened. That fucking happened. Um, I was trying not to drink tonight, Ethan just handed me a beer, I was trying not to drink, but now I'm drinking a beer. So, so cheers, cheers to everybody, drinking <laughs> a beer tonight. <laughs> cheers. I've just been drinking a little bit too much. And my uh, my measuring stick for that, knowing that I'm drinking too much, is consistently peeing into things that are not toilets. (laughs) If you're like pick your, you know, you're fucking peeing into your fucking wicker laundry basket a little too often. You know, if it happens every once in a while, but if like you're always peeing into like Gatorade bottles and alleyways and shit, no good, no good. Troughs don't count because there's troughs sometimes in men's rooms. I don't know if you know. There's there's one over at the Eagle the SF Eagle, I don't know if any of the comics have ever done a, a mic over at the Eagle, there's a big piss trough, and there's like a mirror in front of the piss trough also. There used to be one at the Independent, a piss trough. Uh, piss troughs are really not my, not my favorite thing to pee in. <laughs> you know, because the first time I ever peed in a piss trough, I, I remember like going up and I was like, fuck, you know, you don't want to look like an idiot and stand there, so I went up and I, I you know, took my dick out, and, uh, and I had stage fright, and then now you're just a guy standing there with your dick out at a piss trough. <laughs> not peeing, and it just doesn't look good, and you're like, I'll wait for a stall. I'm like, yeah, you're going to go in there and jerk off. Like, no, no, didn't really need that tag on it, really, but anyway. Uh, pissing. What else do I have here? Oh, um, this is just a dumb little thought I had I'm going to share with everybody right now, but there's like this really fucking stupid little thing with, with, with pot. I love pot. I smoke weed. I love smoking weed, right? But fucking for, this whole 420 fucking thing is really fucking stupid. And it's really immature. And I just like, you know, like, 420 is the national holiday for marijuana. There's a day before 420. It's called 419, April 19th, 1943, Bicycle Day. If you're going to celebrate a fucking day, celebrate a day with the man who first took LSD. That's a fucking day we're celebrating. Like, fucking 420, this made-up bullshit fucking holiday It's just like, I don't understand that. But yes, Albert Hoffman ingested uh, LSD for the first time in 1943, uh, intentionally. Uh, he'd actually made it five years prior, but didn't ingest it until, like, one day he was just like, oh, fuck it, I'm, you know, boom. And uh, the weird thing about, about, they made LSD originally to induce uh, childbirth. They were thought they were creating something to induce childbirth. Yeah, yeah, pretty sweet. Just a little little side note to any of you guys trying to trying to pop one out. Just fucking <laughs> just dose yourself before you do that. Anyway, but um, yeah, I um, I borrowed my friend's electric car uh, about a week ago to uh, to go on a date, and um, that that you know it didn't really go very well because I showed up in an electric car. And already I'm kind of giving this girl the vibe that I you know, I might be bisexual or gay, you know? So like she was, already she was just like, and she got, she was really like taken back. She was like, oh, and you said electric car. I thought you meant like Tesla. And I was like, no, it's a fucking, it's a, it's a Nissan Leaf. And then she was like, why don't we just take Bart? But we, I mean, we actually did though, cause she was like, hey, we have to go to the, to the East Bay and you're very limited with the range you have on an electric car. So she's like, let's go over to the East Bay. And I was like, it's too far, we can't go over the East Bay. Unless you want to go to Whole Foods for a little while and charge up for a couple of hours. we can eat some vegan burritos and then poop. And then go on our date in the East Bay. Electric car, man, electric car. I, and on my way in in the electric car, I was going over the, uh, the, the, the Golden Gate Bridge in an electric car, Nissan Leaf. And I was a little high and I didn't realize how loudly U2 was playing on the radio. I was like, holy shit, this is the whitest fucking moment of my life. <laughs> like doesn't get more fucking Caucasian than that. And so like, I was like, oh shit, hope nobody hears U2. So I went and switched the radio real quick and it went on to NPR. And then that became the second most Caucasian entire moment of my life. Like, just woo. Whack guy in the car, NPR. <laughs> and, uh. I like NPR. I like some of the stories that I hear on NPR. Those are like some of the best stories. Like Radio Lab has some great, great stories. That's some fucking really weird stories, too. Like really strange, odd stories Or like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like really interesting ones, horrifying ones. Um, I heard a story not too long ago on Radio Lab about a woman who was a doctor and she did an experiment with a dolphin. And what they did was she wanted to try and cohabitate with a dolphin and live in an apartment together with a dolphin. So they made this like special like, like apartment within like a laboratory where they filled it halfway with water so the dolphin could like swim around the apartment and interact with the woman while she was like, and the dolphin would like wake her up in the morning and shit and splash water on her. And they began like really interacting with one another. And the goal was to try and teach this dolphin how to like, uh, understand English commands and possibly even speak English words. So like the dolphin got to know her name and shit like that. And it would start got to become like kind of weird. But then there were moments where she would try to get the dolphin to cooperate and work, and the dolphin wouldn't cooperate at all. He would flip over and expose his dolphin penis. Erect dolphin penis. And he wouldn't continue working until she fucking jerked him off. To completion. A medical doctor that went to school, read books more books than I'll ever even fucking look at. Got like 200 fucking grand in fucking debt to jerk off a dolphin. <laughs> Good for the dolphin, right? <laughs> fucking free willy, almost. It's more of like a, it's a whale, I know, but I just, yeah. I just, I just that was just improv. I just fucking improv that shit. But, uh, I, you know, and the, the weird thing is, like, sometimes I'm like, holy shit, there's a dolphin living rent-free, getting hand jobs from a doctor. I'm, like, fucking, like, like, sleeping on couches, trying to fucking sneak in a stroke in the shower occasionally and shit. Like, fuck that dolphin, man. Motherfucker. I'm going to eat some mahi-mahi after this and just be like, yeah, you get hand jobs from a doctor, will I get to eat you. Have some of that flipper. Yeah. What else here? Oh, um, there's a lot of uh, street solicitors on Valencia Street a lot and they'll you know try to get you to sign a petition for something and usually it's like a really good cause and it's usually it's for you know for something good, you know, clean air and shit like that or whatever. But um every once in a while and shit like that. You know, the fucking environment, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know conscious shit, you know. But um, every once in a while, like, you can tell, like, when they're at the end of their shift and, like, they haven't gotten a lot of signatures and they get really fucking frustrated when people just walking past them, just, like, blowing them off and shit like that. And there was a girl and a guy the other day on Valencia Street and they just were getting fucking upset. Like, people were just cruising by them, you know, and they were just like, huh. God, Daniel. I guess no one wants to breathe fucking fresh air in 10 years. <laughs> You know, like it was, just, you were just whizzing by and shit, and you're just like, you know, like maybe you should work on your pitch, you know, like fucking, like see where they were like walking up to, like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, ask you a question real quick, yeah, are you going somewhere right now? And they're like, yeah, okay. Does that place you're going, like, you know, involve like breathing? <laughs> you know, and they're like, uh, yeah, gotta go later. You know, like, it was just a weird thing. I had a lady uh, one day. Um, I was, I just like was walking past her and. Right at the corner of like where the vibrator store is on, on Valencia Street, there was a chick there. And I don't know, man, she had like a little vegetable standout. And I don't know, what, I guess she was trying to you know, preach like organic farming or some shit like that. And it's like, I don't, I don't need to sign something to support that. I don't feel like I could just maybe just buy fucking groceries that are <laughs> organic, right? I don't need to like stop and get like a lecture on it. So I'm walking past this lady and she like looks at me and she's like, are you friendly? And it's just like, well, I'm not stopping to fucking talk to you if that's any indication of my level of friendly right now. So like, see ya, you know, but um, the best way, the best way I ever got out of a petition signing on the street was uh, I was, I was walking to brunch with my adorable little gay neighbor. He's super adorable and he takes brunch like really fucking seriously and so as soon as we got to like, a, a corner There was a woman uh, trying to get a petition to sign, uh, you know for gay marriage This is before you know before it went through and uh, you know girl comes right up to me first And she's like uh, she's like hey, you know, you send the petition for gay marriage, you know And I like look over, you know, like my neighbor and he's like like We have to fucking go, let's go, you know, so I'm like hey look, I'm really sorry I, I can't, you know, I have, I, have to, I have to I'm late for something right now I'm going somewhere with somebody and I totally support gay marriage 100% you know And she's like oh really? Well, like, what are you doing to support gay marriage? Like, just tell me right now. Tell me one thing you're doing to support gay marriage. And my adorable little gay neighbor steps in and just goes, ah, we're about to go fuck. <laughs> and I just walked away and she looks stupid. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great night.
4: That's Bodie Lane. Coming back, reincarnated as a dolphin in his next life to get jerked off by 40-year-old doctor ladies in half-liquid apartments. That doesn't sound like a bad life. Uh, I mean, what the fuck is, I can't imagine someone building like all that water. We're in a drought for God's sake. Fuck the dolphins, put them in the ocean. Take my water. Uh, Our next comedian's from Portland. They don't have any problems with water there, I've heard. That's why they're just like, all the white people are moving up there and like laughing at us. But they're like, ah, we have all the water. You have to buy it back from us. We're from Portland. Uh, Most of them are very passive-aggressive. He's not. He's very nice. He's smiling right now, which is exciting. So uh, I want you guys to give it up. Uh, I've got great recommendations from comedians I super trust in Portland. So hey, everybody. It's Aaron (laughs) Klopfeldt.
6: Thank you, give it up for Pam, you're the best, clap it up for Pam. Yeah, we have uh, abundant water, also guess how much my rent is? 500 for the size of this fucking venue. Utilities included. Yep, no jokes right now, just wanna make enemies. That's it. I I like San Francisco a lot, like I know rent's really expensive here but here's the one good thing. In 48 hours, I have not seen a, a seen a single white dreadlock. So give yourselves a round of applause. Your rent is not in vain. It's beautiful. Did you know if you put your ear against the white dreadlock, you can hear uh, the band corn. Also a father crying. It's beautiful. I had a weird day. I realized that my face looks like I'm always watching someone dance with my girlfriend. That joke depends on you looking at me, then laughing. (laughs) I have resting, that's our song face. I got a chuckle from the Mandrigan of 40. That's a win right there. You have dead eyes, yet I made you laugh. That's killing it. (laughs) Is that the plastic 40? Yeah,
7: baby.
6: (laughs) They call it shatterproof. All right, well, we're connecting. Uh, It's happening. They say Portland's fucking weird. Uh, for who, those of who are tuning in, if I have like a stalker in Chicago or something from where I grew up, uh, there's a vending, mach- a vending machine with PBRs in it. Uh, Portland's not weird. It's just a city where, pe- where moms pay for your cell phone bill and you make collages and cry into sweaters. That's not weird. It's beautiful. I actually I moved to Portland for comedy, it's just weird because like Chicago's where I grew up and it's like a comedic powerhouse of the world. Uh, but what Portland had that won me over was none of my family. <laughs> it's perfect. You guys want dark or dirty? Dark. Dark? Yeah, says the man drinking the Plastic 40. <laughs> uh, I, when I first moved to Portland, I got a job for Target, which is not hard. They asked, how'd you know Target was hiring? the application I just wrote, because Target's always hiring. Got the job. Uh, I was prepared for it. I don't want to work at Target, but my dad got me ready. He said, you know, Aaron, life's hard. Uh, he didn't say it verbally. Uh, but he killed himself. <laughs> Guy with the 40's laughing. Uh, same message, different medium. Some people use the words, some people use their sleeping pills. Uh, yeah, that's a clock for classic, you're welcome. I have a theory that if you're drunk and worried about your condom slipping off during sex, uh, it will happen. I, I call this theory, Murphy's Raw. It's the dumbest fucking joke. <laughs> I recently Murphy Rawed a person. Uh, the next day I went to the clinic to get checked out. The doctor, you'd make, you know, make sure there's no. I go the doctor's office. I sit on like the stool. I think it's called like the cock stool. It wasn't like a stool for my dick. That'd be cute though. Like one of those little plastic tables in the pizza box. <laughs> it's not delivery, it's my dick. It wasn't one of those. Uh, but I'm sitting there, and I'm on the cock stool, and the doctor comes in. She's just a good person. I can tell. Don't ask me why. And she starts asking me, you know, how are you? Yada, yada. Let me see your dick. And uh, I'm na- when I'm naked, I get kind of nervous, and I start talking a lot. Uh, and I start nervously chatting. I just say, hey, I'm on Atkins. And she says, that's not good. <laughs> and I start to chub up. It's not because I'm a pervert. It's because she was Next joke. My therapist asked me, uh, "Aaron, where do you think your, your social anxiety comes from?" I said, uh, "I I think people statistically mostly people if I have too much coffee, maybe a cat." Oh, is that some weed shit? Uh-huh. Oh, cool. I like San Francisco. There's a nice woman. Oh. Oh, all right, let's yeah. I have a feeling I'm going to regret that, huh? No, no. <laughs> it's not, it's nightmare juice, but it's nightmare. Oh Jesus, oh I am ter- I do not respond well to weed uh I know, but you seem like you've you've seen some shit. I'm a young buck <laughs> Your eyes say I've already been dead. What is left? I still haven't touched the horizon well, I guess tonight, maybe if I have a panic attack, there'll be like a new three minutes, so let's let's see what happens. Ah, oh, fuck, I do not regret, that was a bad riff. That was just purely for the sake of improv, and I fucking hate improv. <laughs> the last time I smoked weed, I was at work, when I had to stop to sleep at a hotel, because I couldn't drive home. I worked at a hotel. That's how high I got. We should come with therapy dogs. I think that should be the moral of, of this riff. should get therapy dogs. Oh, uh, there's this one other part of my joke I forgot to mention. Uh... Did you know your therapist could die? What's the deal with that? My therapist died and uh, there's no pamphlet, there's no www.shrinkdead.org or anything, Uh, they just go. Um, When I found out, I was frustrated because the secretary wouldn't tell me where the funeral was, which makes sense because why would you tell a potentially mentally ill person where the body's buried? (laughs) Well, if I want to get one last session in? Just, just lay next to the grave to say, hey. I had a rough week. You died. <laughs> Let me get some more weed. No, I'm <laughs> Here's the good thing about your therapist dying. Uh, at least you know all of your secrets are safe. <laughs> I got a wow. You were at the circle last night, right? Yeah, That's cool. That was the OG one? Oh yes, so the woman who fed me weed out of a bottle <laughs> started an open mic in a circle on the sidewalk. <laughs> you give it up for Pam. She's the best person I've seen in the West Coast for a long time. It's a pure nice person. So, how long does this weed take to kick in? 15 minutes. All right, uh, I got ten more, so I could stay on stage yes. for fifteen. No, I can't. <laughs> Be nice. Uh, don't like weed. I'm already, I'm already having like a pre-anticipated uh, panic attack for what's in storm. Uh, I will tweet it live if, you know, uh, I've, this is not the best set, but I could get a Twitter follower of this. Watch me tweet my panic attack at Aaron Klopfer, and it will be uh, worth a cup of tea. <laughs> I think it's already kicking in. I think I'm placebo high. The, the first time I ate a girl out, Uh, My therapist died, and I'm (laughs) skiing. The first time I aired a girl out, uh, welcome to the show. (laughs) Take a seat. The first time I aired a girl out, uh, I ruined it by talking. (laughs) I said, ooh, the chef. This is art. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are cool. Can you be my dad's for the night? Fuck yeah, is that San Francisco like San Francisco dad? Yeah. I'll be your papa. Oh shit. I'm gonna get cultured with <laughs> Poppy Pop pa- pop it out, poppy. <laughs> oh man, you you guys ride bikes, you some biker biker men? I was gonna say biker boys, but you got you're you're men, dog. Yeah. That's cool. You guys Oh, shit. That's like the boy band of Dangerous. <laughs> this is cool. Are you guys going to stay for a whole show? Well, let's see how I do. Uh, it'll happen. I, I just took some marijuana, and after this, I was going to go to a beach party. Could I ride on the back of your sweet hogs to, to the beach party? Cool. These are the dads I never had, and uh, this is a good, good event. Probably got big old dad dicks. Huh? Are you flirting, or are you going to feed me? (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
4: Keep it going for Aaron, all the way from Portland, Oregon. I like this mic better. This mic's a better mic. Fuck this mic. This mic goes in and out because of a bad XLR kick. I'm pulling back the curtain. Don't do it. Don't pull back the curtain, Pam. Be a good host. Hey, guys, clap again for Aaron all the way from Portland. Yay, guest set. Yay. Uh, The way the new PamTastics will work is that there's going to be a a booked set, like what's going on. But there's going to be a guest set every week. So there will be an open set for those comedians that are interested in that. It'll happen. Hey, your next comedian. Oh, man. we. There's comedians. Yeah, Mike fucking. I don't know. This next comedian might do that. You never, you never know what's gonna happen up here. These guys are these guys. These are you have a participatory audience, and uh, our next comedian, he can handle anything. Uh, he is an amazing human being, and uh, sometimes he scares me, but uh, still funny as uh, as as a porcupine in that you throw into a bunch a bathtub full of water. Uh, uh, hey, you guys, put your hands together right now. It's FC Sierra. Hello
8: there, Mutiny Radio microphones. How you doing? Life uh, stuff. Ah, wow, this can't get any better right now uh, than I feel like right now. But also I felt that about 15 minutes ago when I first left my house and I walked half a minute and I didn't shit myself, uh, but I got the wettest fart that you can get that wasn't gonna pass the precipice of my butt cheeks. Um, So I didn't shit myself into the pants, but within my own body a little bit. So I'm happy to be here right now. I feel great is what I'm saying. I have pink spit right now from all the Pepto-Bismol that I've eaten in the last five minutes. This is great. Uh, really good feeling. I'm happy to be here. Um, I don't know if you guys, uh, have, ever, have you ever felt in love, sir? I'm sure you have. That's the face of a man that's seen and lost many loves in its life. Yeah, the wrinkles of, you know, loss. That's good. Pain and loss. Yeah, I see that. That's great. Uh, I like seeing that in other people because I know I have that developing in myself. I don't know if you've ever fallen in love with someone in a moment where they did something for you or to you that or said something that you felt, oh, I love this person right now. I actually fell in love with my girlfriend. Uh, my girlfriend, I should say right now, she's 14 years older than me. And uh, <laughs> she's a great lady, she's a great lady, nice 40-year-old super lady. I, she knows things as an older woman that I don't know as a younger man, physically, uh, mentally, and yeah, sexually. Uh, that I don't know, and she's able to say these things and teach me, and I think I I felt love. I actually felt love for my girlfriend the first time I performed oral sex on her. Uh, I was down there, and I was trying to do as good of a job as possible. I'm not sure, when you go down the lady, it's really just auditory responses that you're going off. They never really give you like a tell, you know, a typed review for, I've asked for it and they never do that. So like I was down there uh, in the cave or whatever a woman's vagina becomes when you're trying to pleasure it. I'm not sure. It was it was a nice, ca- it was moist and it was dark. There were things hanging down and things going up. It was like stalagmites, stalactites. I was spelunking in the cave. And as I was coming out of the cave, uh, there were fluids on my front, fluids on my back. It was amazing. But as I came out of the cave, she took one look at me and she said, mm somebody raised you right I was like that's fucking disgusting oh my god i think i love this lady uh, i didn't i didn't think to say that out loud so all that came out was i'll tell my mom thanks the next time i see her like i don't know how to show my love um it's weird she's great i like 40 year old boobs now guys i like 40 year old boobs they're amazing i prefer them to 20 year old boobs at this point. I, Yeah, I've seen a 20 year old boob. I prefer them, I prefer them to 22 year old. That's really the age that I've seen most recently. But I prefer, like you ever see a mid 20s girl boobs? They look like they're made in a fucking factory. They're like the same boob. It doesn't, I don't like, there's no character to it. I like to see boobs. Something happened to these boobs in the 20 years after they were really nice. So it's amazing. I like, each of her boobs is like a different meal. It's amazing. The right boob is like you, you sunny side fried up an egg and you threw it against the wall and the yolk kinda cracked into the rest of the, like the, the nipple bleeds into the rest of the boob. It's fucking great. The other boob looks like a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> Great pepperoni pizza that you had one slice of pepperoni and you threw it on the middle and then you threw the box or you threw the pepperoni into the box and then you just drove around a windy road for like 45, like the nipple is never in the same place. It's amazing. (laughs) It's like two fucking different meals, guys. It's great. Oh my God. Boobs grow character. They do. They're like the fucking Meryl Streep's out there. I really respect them. Character actors, Oscar-winning boobs. Speaking of Oscar winners, uh, you guys—you guys have respect for actors the way I do. You respect yeah. actors, ma'am, yeah. right there, holding your uh, large beverage. I'm not—I don't want to don't want profile. There's probably something in there that's not legal, but it's cool. That's allowed. I respect. Do you—do you have a favorite actor out there? Really? Who is it? <sighs> you see right there. You don't have. If it's not off the heart right now, then it's not true. Gary Oldman, that's cool. I like that he's able to like, he could play any, anything that's kind of bad. I really appreciate that, like anything that's a little bit evil. I don't know if he has it in him, but it's great to see that. To see someone actually, he's a transformative actor and I really respect that. A lot of actors, they don't go after it. They don't have the commitment. I actually, my favorite actor in the world right now, uh, multiple Oscar winner, Daniel Day-Lewis. You guys know about this guy? Daniel Day-Lewis, what an amazing, act. have you seen Lincoln, dude? Oh, it's amazing, right? It's like he's fucking Lincoln. It's a am- Daniel Day-Lewis, method actor, so committed to the craft of acting that he will live in a role as a different person for months before a movie even shoots just so he can be that much more authentic when the movie actually... Fi- like, you called him up three months before Lincoln came out. He's still filming the movie. He hears his phone ring. He's like, what is the meaning of this contra-? He forgot about phones, guys. He's that good. I was talking to my mom about this the other day. I was at my mom's house. I was like, mom, you fucking believe how good Daniel Day-Lewis is? Oh my God, it's like he's Lincoln. She was like, yes, he's a very talented actor. Uh, You should see him in some of his other films, perhaps Gangs of New York, uh, There Will Be Blood, My Left Foot, or even Last of the Mohicans. I was like, "Uh, yeah, that's a good point. And then I realized I wasn't even talking to my mom. I was talking to Daniel Day-Lewis, preparing for his next role as my mom. Movie's coming out next year, guys. It's gonna be amazing. Check it out. Daniel Day-Lewis, 2016 and My Little Mexican Mother. It's gonna be amazing, guys. Check it out. Um, this is a weird thing that happened earlier today. Have you ever passed somebody on the phone, and they're you're not on the phone, they're on the phone, and you only get to hear what they're saying. Not the other side of the conversation, but only the weird whatever responses that they had. I was passing a young girl uh, in the mission earlier today. She was on the phone and she said the word suicide. So I kind of paused, she said suicide. And then she paused for a second and she went, ha, ha, ha. no, she wouldn't do it like that. What is a, What was the other side of the conversation? What What was what was being said? God damn it. It must have been really funny though. I I don't know what it was. Um, Really appreciate being here. Uh, Didn't poop myself today. That was a positive. Uh, Just going through the mental preparations. Um, I don't know how much more things I want to talk about Pam. How deep am I? Oh, seven minutes? Oh, geez, God damn it! this is terrible. I'm just going to skate around for like three minutes. I don't even know what I'm going to do now. Hello there, sir. How are you doing? Have I spoken to you? I have. Oh, my God. That was the first 30 seconds. Now I just have three more minutes of just floating right now. Call Sure, yeah. Callbacks. That's great in comedy and even in like... You know relationships that are just starting out, just callbacks. You just want someone to just do that and get back. I want to feel, guys. I want to feel inside me. I want to have a feeling, uh, and I don't know what that is right now. Besides, uh, not squeezing my butt cheeks really, really hard. Um, I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is the right time. To, I don't know how often you guys uh, decide that uh, you should stop. Uh, smoking weed with my brother. But I, I recently decided that. And uh, it was actually, we were hanging out at his house in Hayward, California, uh, which is really close to here. If you don't know that place, it's basically like a great place to hang out in after you're done huffing a bunch of turpentine. Really cool place. Uh, we were out there uh, Sunday night in, uh, in Hayward, and we were laughing at his dog. Uh, because his dog just got his balls taken away. So we were just laughing at him, like, "Oh, he doesn't get to enjoy his balls, this is great. Uh, And then we we were kind of high, so we were like, oh shit, this is wrong. His balls are his favorite thing in the world. That's like, he loves that more than anything, and you took it away from him. He has no pleasure anymore. After worrying about that for a second, we had to ask ourselves, wait, do girl dogs feel pleasure during sex? So we decided to ask Google, in Hayward, California, based on a local search. Uh, So what came back uh, on this search on google.com when you said, hey Google, I don't say hey Google in the thing, but hey, uh, do women dogs have a clitoris? Question mark. And we asked that. What came up was a, a whole list of responses, but the second hit on that board, on that question, was a message board. For people that have sex with their dogs, Uh, and people that have questions about having sex with their dogs. um, And a bunch of answers were out there. The first question, (laughs) first question on the board, hey, just wondering, message board, I've been having sex with my lady dog for the last few weeks. Just wondering, is there any way I can make it more pleasurable for her? Post number two on this board, actually, (laughs) Female dogs don't have a clitoris. Chances are, if you're having sex with your lady dog, she doesn't like it very much. Post number three on that board. I've been having sex with my dogs for 36 years. If you can't make your lady dog come when you're having sex with her, you don't belong owning that animal. This went on for four and a half pages, uh, after which me and my brother were just like, you know what, let's quit Google weed and uh, just scrub our reports for a while. I I pressed click history clear for like an hour. It was great, Uh, greatest moments in Hayward, California history. You know what, speaking of sex with animals, uh, I don't know too much about being a man. I don't, but what I learned about being a man, uh, I learned working uh, underground main construction around the Bay Area. That's actually how I came up. I worked in uh, sewer replacement and rebuilding. So basically when you drive by like a traffic place and you see like a manhole or some sort of sewer covering and there's just shit pouring out into the streets and there's just like four guys looking into that hole wondering how are we gonna stop this shit. I was one of those guys looking into the hole. So usually I didn't have to be the guy that touched any of that. What I had to do was watch as the toughest man I've ever seen in my life, a man named Don Relas. Oh, I should never say his name again. But Don Relas, he's a great guy, uh, amazing Mexican man, about five, six. He had black teeth when I first met him uh, because he came from a place in Mexico where they make all the moonshine. Uh, So basically, people in that place in Mexico, they drink like 80% alcohol with a little bit of a little bit of Pepsi, uh, cause that's the brand in their town, I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, they drink a little bit of that alcohol with the Pepsi and then they just drink that from the time they're small, tiny alcoholics to the time they're like older, still small alcoholics. So he was a great man. Um, and as we would have these problems where the shit would be piling up, he would be the first guy who would be like, oh shit, there's a plug stuck in there. Somebody's gonna have to dive in Pull that plug out, but there's like ten feet of shit that someone's gonna have to swim through. While we're halfway through this, he's already taking off his sweater. He's taking off his shoes. He kept his socks and his fucking pants on. I don't know why. He jumps all the way in and he just subsumed with shit water for I don't. You don't even see the bubbles popping back up. Uh, at and then he comes out like five. You know, uh, five seconds later he comes out and ten minutes later he's eating a burrito his wife made for him earlier that day. A real fucking man is what. I'm saying. Anyway, uh, I was talking to him one time. He's a great guy. He's amazing. I was talking to him one time, and he was telling me a story of his youth. One time, uh, when he was in the ranch that he grew up in, uh, he was in the backyard of his ranch, uh, and he was having sex with a sheep. A lady sheep. Don't fucking judge, guys. Come on. Anyway... (laughs) And plus I've read on the internet that lady sheeps have like 98% of a woman human vagina. Are you telling me that you will have like a lady, a beautiful lady, kind of 98% vagina? You're gonna be like, no, that's weird. That's a sheep vagina. I don't want, you're not gonna do that. So he's in the sheep vagina. He's having sex with a sheep, not his first time having sex with a sheep. As he's doing it, he hears a sound behind him, like 10 feet behind him. He keeps on going. A little bit later, he finishes up. As he finishes up, he hears a sound behind him again, and he turns around, and it's his father standing behind him holding a shovel. And his dad takes the shovel, and he hits him over the face, and he's knocked out on the floor for who knows how long. As he gets up, he sees his dad standing over him, and he asks him, why did you do that? And his dad was like, well, because you were fucking a sheep. And he was like, yeah, dad, I know, but why did you hit me with a thing? And he said, you were fucking that sheep and I know it wasn't your first time fucking that sheep, but I let you finish. And I feel like that says something about being a dad, but I'm not really sure uh, what it says. Either way, I should probably leave on that note of animal uh, specialties.
4: Oh yes, he just made bestiality funny. That's, it is an impressive skill. Uh, Your next comedian actually comes from a land where I think that they raise a lot of sheep isn't doesn't don't they have sheep in Scotland. I can't even try to pretend to do the accent. I suck so bad at the accent. Hey, guys, he's a really funny guy. He is here to make you laugh. Put your hands together. It is Joel Spears.
9: How are we doing? Mutiny Radio. How's it going tonight? You guys having fun watching the comedians with the jokes and the bits, doing the jokes and the bits? You know how the comedians do with the jokes and the bits. Um, Before I get started with my jokes and bits, uh, I want to do a quick survey on you guys here. I hope you don't mind. Uh, A little uh, crowdsourcing, a little survey. Uh, With the applause or woos or whatever you lowly peasant classes use to express positivity, I don't know. Um, How many of you guys guys have uh, smartphones? Who's got smartphones? Clap it up. Not, not that many, okay. Good crowd, cool. Uh, how many of you guys, with the applause, with the woos, whatever you wanna do, uh, how many of you guys use the uh, software platforms? Who uses the software? The Google, the Bing, you know, the Yahoo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, you're not, if you're not clapping now, you're a fucking liar, by the way. You don't use Google for anything, come on. Um, with the applause or woos or whatever, uh, how many of you guys like nice food? Who likes nice food? Who likes eating nice food? Yeah. With the applause or the woos or whatever, uh, how many of you guys like living in nice crime-free neighborhoods and with nice houses and things, yeah? yeah. Who, who likes the nice houses? Yeah, You like them, yeah? So last question, I swear, and then we'll do some jokes. Okay, last question. Um, with the applause or woos or whatever, uh, how many of you guys like gentrification? That's weird. That's weird. I'm never really sure how that joke's going to go down. Um, gentrification's evil, guys. So uh, either you like gentrification and you're evil, or I'm a wizard and I can make you woo just by doing that. Yeah, okay. I'm glad it's the second one. I'm happy I've got a non-evil crowd here tonight. That's good. That's really good. Um, so, guys, I don't, I don't really know about that gentrification joke, and I think that's fair because, you know, like, I don't really get American comedy. Uh, I'm not actually from here, as Pam alluded to. I'm from Scotland, and uh, I know I don't re- that's really confusing for you guys because I don't really look li- or sound like a typical Scottish person. You know, um, I'm wearing pants for one thing, or uh, trousers as we call them, uh, and also I'm only slightly inebriated, only slightly. But the night is young, so. But uh, I think it's weird because you guys have you've been conditioned to think of Scottish people as this like ridiculous stereotype. You know, like. You think of these absurd stereotypes, like Sean Connery, um, Craig Ferguson, the, c- the cast of Pixar's Brave, you know? You know, absurd fictional characters like that, you know? Um, but I assure you, I am real. I'm very real. Not a lot of laughter there, I don't know. Can you hear that? There's not a lot of laughter going on. Uh, that's okay, this is, we're at Mutiny Radio right now. We're broadcasting live, right? We're broadcasting live, and my family is listening in Scotland. And and th- they'll actually take up the sort of perfunctory laughter. So, and that's going to take the pressure off you guys, because I can tell you're not really up for it right now. Um, but uh, you know, I think some of you guys might be thinking by now, like, you know, Joel's been up there for like, what, four or five minutes now? And uh, all he's done is d- done a survey and a kind of nationalistic rant, you know? Um, these aren't jokes, these aren't jokes, but I assure you, look guys, I've got a, I've got a very comprehensive structure going on here. I've, I put the good stuff at the start. You remember the gentrification joke? That was the good stuff, okay? That was the good stuff. Then there's this uh, mediocre drivel in the middle, which is what I'm doing right now, this mediocre drivel. And uh, I'm going to close off with something really good. And it's going to have some nice like callbacks to what the things I've been talking about. And um, it's going to be good, I promise you. It's going to be a good one, all right? I just want to try out a new joke on you guys. You seem like a good crowd. I'm going to try out a new joke. Uh, but um, I need to refresh my memory, um, just to refresh my memory on the punchline. Uh, OK, here we go. So the punchline, tell me if you think this is a good punchline. I don't know, tell me if you think this is a good one. Um, The punchline is, and that's actually the Republicans' new disability benefits policy. What do you think? That could be a good punchline, right? I could write a joke around that, yeah? So what I'm gonna do, guys, I'm gonna do a bit that uh, exhibits the callous, thoughtless, and ultimately evil nature of uh, the human spirit. And the punchline's gonna be, and that's actually, the Republicans' new disability benefits policy. Okay, here we go. So, uh, Ted Cruz, you know that guy, uh, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. He that Ted Cruz, old Ted Cruz. He wants to. Uh, he wants to defund uh, social. Sec- shit, fuck that up. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Old Ted Cruz. Old Ted Cruz. He wants to defund social shit. Fuck. Sorry, guys, I'm kind of nervous with that new one. I don't don't think it's quite ready yet. Um, When I'm on stage and I'm not doing so well, I I try to draw in the strength of the words my father gave me. Um, My father said to me, he goes, he had this great phrase. He goes, "Um, don't walk the talk. No, that's not. He goes, "Uh, don't cock the clock. That's not it either. Fuck." My father said to me, he goes, uh, "Don't, don't uh, talk the talk if you can't walk the walk." And that's actually the Republicans' new disability benefits policy. So we got there in the end, guys. We got there in the end. Thank you. That I don't think that's, frankly, I don't think that's worthy. You can edit out the applause, right? That's not worthy of an applause break. Um, but you know, when I when I I rehearse and everything, and it goes so well, and. I did, I'm 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 glad that joke paid off for you guys, but it makes me question my my like my motivations for why I'm up here, you know. Um, cause it's not really for you. I'm not here for you. <laughs> I'm here I'm here I'm here to save my own ego. I only do comedy to fucking keep my ego alive, you know. And it's hard, guys. It's hard going around these open mics, you know. It's it's fucking it's difficult. I g- I'm going broke and, like, going to the open mics, paying for beer, paying for Bart. And it's, it's difficult. I can't afford... I can't even... I can't afford an iPhone. My parents bought me this one. I can't... I can't afford... I can't afford a computer to go on the software platforms. I can't... I can't afford, like, nice food, nice house, you know? I'm just... You know, I'm I'm just I'm really just up here because of because <clears throat> of what my uh, my dad said to me. He goes, "For God's sake, son, make something of your life. You failed at so many things. Just try stand up comedy. Try and make those strangers like you. Try and make them want you and want to see you more. <laughs> and you know, some people don't like what I do on this stage, the things I say, and the things I advocate." with my actions. But I genuinely believe in my heart. I'm trying to make this world a better place. I'm sorry, guys. (sighs) And that's actually the Republicans knew. Disability benefits policy. Um, that's been me, Joel. Uh, I'm Joel Spears. Thank you, Pam.
8: Get up for me anyway.
4: Joel Spears, definitely into disability programs here and Republicans. Call your dad. Tell him you love him, everybody, tonight. Text your dad right now. Say, I love you, Dad. Uh, have your dad listen to this podcast. Now on three, we can all yell, I, I love you, Dad. And then they'll feel loved. How about, yay, disabled Republicans? One, two, three, yay, disabled Republicans! I think we should disable Republicans, and then we'll just disable their cars so they can't get to the voting place, because we know they don't know how to walk anywhere. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, we shouldn't be mean to Republicans. Well, we can be mean to whoever we want. Our next comedian, he's mean to a lot of people, and it's scary how scarily, hey, hey, Zach, hey, dickbag, it's your turn. Uh, he's my favorite dickbag uh, in San Francisco comedy. He's a really funny guy. You guys are all the way from Las Vegas. Put your hands together. It's Zach Wiseman.
3: That's, that's broken. My, my table is broken. That's my favorite. God damn it. I plan to. I plan to. Look, I don't even like to drink anymore. I make bad decisions when I drink. Um... I just do like harder drugs now. Stay way more coherent. It's hard to uh, pass out in an alley when you're high on meth. You know what I mean? If I can, then you're just awake in an alley. And nobody's going to sneak up on you. Good to go. Good to go. Um, I was leaving a bar at 2 AM the other night because I I don't know. I like to close down bars, but so I'm leaving the bar and I'm pretty drunk. And I walk back. I realize I left my wallet at the bar. I go back to the bar. I'm on my way back. This guy pulls up in his car and he asks me where Parnassus is. And I go, oh, Parnassus? Oh, you just go down like two blocks. You get on the bus. Oh, you're in a car. That's how I get there. I get there on the bus. And I realize I don't know where this shit is. I don't. I don't. I know the bus route to get there. And so I was like, Well, if you want to take the bus, I could tell you. And he goes, No, it's fine. I'll find my way. Hey, what are you doing tonight? And then I realized this wasn't about directions. This man wanted to fuck me, right? So you, what are you doing tonight? That's, knew. that's not how you get places. So where's Oklahoma and uh, how you doing? Uh, so no. so uh, I uh, I try to dismiss him. And he goes, oh, he's a creepy dude. He's like, I, I just got a fork, I, I, sh- I shoot porn. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you fucking asshole. He goes, uh yeah, I'm a talent agent. And then I said, that's good for you. And then I walked away. And really, I realized that uh I'm not conniving enough. You know what I mean? Because he was trying to recruit me for porn and I probably could have got drugs out of that. You know? <laughs> I should have gotten in the car, did his drugs and then say, no sir, I'm not taking any dicks because obviously it's gay porn. You know, he's not recruiting me for straight porn. Nobody sees like a tiny white man walking around like, oh, I bet he has the dick for porn. I should go uh, try to recruit him. <laughs> and I still regret that. I could have got drugs out of that. They're my favorite thing. I like drugs. I strongly believe that there are no bad drugs. There are just bad dosages. Nobody ever addresses that. You know what I mean? People say, "Hey, don't do heroin." They don't say, "Don't do heroin," but if you do, don't do that much because they' whole man. And if you like take breaks as well. You know, and, like for a week straight, you're gonna hurt really bad. But like a day at a time, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! They're not buying it. There, uh, you, know, you guys know what the worst part about doing heroin is? Nothing. There's no bad parts. It's just all good. It makes you stronger, faster, more charismatic, better at math. People don't know that. It makes you better at math. Like I was, I was, uh, I was like 12. And I just had like a face that was like riddled with acne. I was just like this disgusting little fucking kid, right? And I turned 13, started doing heroin. Look at this skin. <laughs> Look at that. That's great fucking skin. Send me to Hollywood, baby. Put this fucking face on TV. So. You know how you know how nice a lampshade you could make out of this skin? You know? Should have fed, fed the Jews heroin, Hitler. I'm just saying, you have nicer, nicer, oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, no, no, I, I don't care. Yeah, whatever. You guys can yell at me. I don't care. I, when, you, when you start doing comedy, people are like, all right, you're going to have to get comfortable when it's silent or else you'll just be nervous and you'll be like, fucking it. uh, ruin your sets. But then I got like too comfortable and I could just like stand here. and like I could just make everybody really uncomfortable until they all leave and it wouldn't bother me. And I think that's a mistake. I think I went too far with that one, you know? It's like the, the gay dude who's like, yeah, I'll just stick a coffee tin in my ass. And now he just shits himself all the time. He just went a little too far, you know? <laughs> so Bill Cosby's been drugging and raping white women for a while now, huh? That's been an ongoing thing. And I kind of respect that, you know? Like, the government's like, look, we're not going to give you any reparations. He's like, I'm going to take them. Uh, I'm going to drug and rape one white white woman of European descent for every acre of land you owe me. And two for the mule, because mules are useful, you know? Easily worth two white women. (laughs) You get you those reparations, Cosby. you know I thought of that joke and then I googled "reparations." Yes. nobody thought of that one no. I thought for sure that would be a thing <sighs> you know you're serious about comedy when you're googling things like reparations to see if someone thought of it first you know what I mean <laughs> is that mine can I do that <laughs> yeah oh man I think, uh, I think birthdays are like the most entitled thing you can like celebrate ever. It's so, like at least everything else in your life, you were there for, you know what I mean? Like you had some, if you audition, okay, let's say I audition for a role as Malcolm X, right? I audition for Malcolm X and then they, can, they go through the whole audition line and it's, uh, everyone else is best than me, better than me. I am the worst audition, obviously, right? But then say they all die. They have to call somebody, and then they call me, right? And then I'm Malcolm X. He says there, your birth, you weren't, nobody was thinking about you. Your parents weren't thinking about you. The bartender wasn't thinking about you. Nobody was fucking thinking about you. And you still managed to fuck it up. Like some people try to come out like ass first. Like it's a water slide, you stupid fucking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, ruin your liver more. Woo! Mm. I came up with a term. Uh, it's a racial slur. <laughs> it's a kind of specific racial slur. It's uh, This is a racial slur from Jews that are from the Middle East. right? It's not like European Jews. This is Jews that are from the Middle East, uh, and the term is sandbankers. I don't even know what the fuck it means <laughs> I've tried to come up for a meeting for it. It just sounds hilarious <laughs> Oh man <laughs> I do I do horrible horrible jokes because I'm a scumbag. but I don't get like People will get mad at me for, like, like, that Jew joke. People will be like, yeah, Jew jokes, it's hack. Come on, I invented new racial stories. It's not hack. But fucking, they won't get mad at people. Like, I could tell uh, a bunch of horrible jokes, and people be like, oh, it's shock value bullshit. But then you hear people going like, oh, yeah, uh, black dicks are all big, huh? Like, shit like that. You're like, what the fuck? That's insulting to your intelligence. It's not just fucking. I don't get people. This just this man just gave you like a two plus two equals four and you're like oh yeah that's fine (laughs) oh I like those (laughs) fucking assholes. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna do some impressions for you. Do some uh, segue, segue. Fuck you. Uh, Okay, here's (laughs) here's uh here's uh my impression of the biggest asshole in Palestine. All right, here's my. USA, USA, you. Okay, that's uh, this impression. Okay, here's an impression of Mongolian Braille. All right, here we go. Okay, that's. A okay, uh, here's here's an impression of a bear who figured out how to use nets. Hey, other bear, you're a fucking idiot. I'm just gonna sit up here in the berries with fish. Yeah, this is my, the bear spoke English. He's a pretty smart, a smart bear. Um, this is, this is an impression of my mom, All right? I'm a stupid cunt. I'm in a simultaneously abusive and neglectful relationship because I'm too much of a coward to die alone or to even make friends. Okay it's uh it's my mom <laughs> oh man, she listens to this show sometimes um here's here's an impression of someone who loves my mom well, obviously I'm not zach Wiseman okay I'm <laughs> uh. Here's here's an impression of someone who loves my mom in the future. I'm Zach Wiseman. Thanks for the money, you dumb cunt. Uh, <laughs> she died. I'm saying that at her funeral. It's a, um, no, she's a nice lady. Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking Christ. Um, I mean, I'm alive, so she couldn't have been that bad, right? And I've been like this my whole life, so <laughs> that's got to be rough. That's got to be a I used to, uh, I used to break into my house all the time. Because I would sneak out, and then she'd be like, oh, I'll lock the door. And then he will have to knock on the door to get in. Fuck no. I'm breaking into that motherfucker. I'd just be inside every morning, and it would make her so mad. Sometimes you wouldn't even wake me up for school, which is also a win. I would sneak out, and she'd be so mad she could okay. When I was a kid, I used to uh, not want to go to school, so what I would do is I would hide. And the best hiding spot I ever found when I was a kid was inside the laundry hamper. I would take clothes out, get inside, put clothes back on top of me, you're invincible. She'll walk by you. She'll walk by you screaming. But as long as you don't crumble that pressure, you can play video games all day. Yeah, I'm a bag of shit. Whatever. I don't care. I I think school's overrated, actually. No, okay, you, you, can, you can just learn what you want to learn and then do good stuff anyway. Like, all right, you think the guy who invented the butt plug was a doctor? No. That's just a guy who knew what the inside of an asshole felt like. He's like, nah, nah, it's like small and then it's very, very big. And then uh, I, You can just put this in there, it'll stretch it right out. You'll walk around with it all day. What I'm saying is you don't need school to do great things with your life, you know what I mean? Nah, I am a scumbag. I, uh, I don't know when it happened. Like when, like my brain broke. I don't think it ever did. I was a, was a horrible person since I was a child. Uh, but I think, if it did break, there was, I think I maybe pinpointed the problem. Uh, I was, I was uh, in eighth grade. I was 12 years old. I went to school uh, one morning, and this uh, kid I knew uh, came with a shotgun, and he shot this other kid I knew in his tummy-tum, right? And I say tummy-tum because it feels like it's getting a little heavy, but that's the funniest word for belly, you know? <laughs> so he shot him in his tummy-tum, right? And that dude's laying on the ground just bleeding out, you know, intestines of blood spilled all over the school floor. And then the principal, being the wise, learned man that he was, grabbed a bat and tried to stop him, Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the phrase, don't bring a knife to a (laughs) gunfight. That also applies to bats. Because he's fucking dead. He did not, I don't even know what his strategy was. He's like, yeah, I can just duck the gunshot. What the fuck is wrong? Like, what he's going to do, like, bat the buckshot back at him? Like, I don't know if you know this, but uh, hitting a baseball, one of the the hardest things to do in all the sports, buckshot smaller and faster than baseball. It's like the snooker of baseball, you know what I mean? (laughs) And so that man died. <laughs> and I, I learned something from being in a school shooting. I learned, I learned that if you're in a school shooting, and you live through it, you get a Super Nintendo. <laughs> you get to eat pizza every night for a month. But then do your homework. You little piece of shit. I'm not. There's a limit to your parents' empathy. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> i uh i lived uh in alaska for a while and i also lived in hawaii when i was a kid and i hated it at the time because it was just stupid and i ate a lot of fish like always like no matter either place i'm like dude i fucking i'm done with these fishes and uh all right the first fight i ever got into uh it was it was in alaska uh and I was just a little, little tiny white kid. I mean, like, like I'm an adult, tiny white kid right now. But like, I was a kid, tiny white kid back then, right? And uh, these native kids in Alaska, they're like, uh, "Hey, white boy, you took our land." And I'm like, "Motherfucker!" I'm like seven. I did. I just barely learned how to take a shit outside of my pants. I don't know if I took anything from anyone. And we'll say for a second that's true. Like, I did take your land. Uh, your parents are pussies because they had their land stolen by a baby. And I <laughs> mean, warrior spirit, my ass. And <laughs> first fight Mike Tyson ever got to, he was like, I think he was like 10. And like one of the older kids in the neighborhood is like fucking with his pigeons, right? So Mike Tyson just beat the fuck out of that dude, right? And like to us right now, that's the first dude that Mike Tyson, like iron Mike Tyson, formerly most dangerous man on the planet. That's the first dude that he ever knocked out. But to them, back then, uh, that dude got beat up by the pigeon kid. (laughs) And that's fucking embarrassing, right? All right, guys, I'm out of here. You enjoy your night.
4: Keep your hands clapping for Zach Wiseman. Hooray. Great stuff. I, I'm afraid of being in fights. I don't want to. Actually, I was afraid of being in a fight till I fell off my skateboard and busted my lip and broke my nose. And now I'm not scared of being punched in the face anymore. I'm like, I'll stand up to you, bitch. Punch me. It doesn't hurt that bad. Uh, anyway, our next comedian is probably like the polar opposite. If we're just gonna go. We're gonna go 180 turn back to the. Happy. We're still going to talk about how much she hates her mother, probably. I hope so. But uh, that might be the only thing that these two comedians have in common. Uh, Other than that, I think they're both very funny. They have that in common. Put your hands together. It's Shelly Strabel.
7: Hey, uh,
2: Pam Benjamin, Mutiny Radio, Friday night. Thank you guys so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah. No, I kind of tell you, I'm a little bit... um, I'm self-conscious in general, but I'm a little self-conscious about what I'm wearing tonight. Like, I read all these articles about, like, what you should wear and how you should be on stage, you know? And then they say, like, you shouldn't wear anything that detracts from what you're saying. And it's like, I just feel like these pants, like, I'm not totally, like, do these pants, do they make my nose look big? Or we're cool? Okay, we're cool. All right, that's fine. It is all about the gap. It's all about the gap. I have a gap here. It's in the, it's in the teeth. (laughs) That's where it is. It's. It's in the mental synapses. That's actually where the gap is. It's fucking lost in translation there. Yeah, no, I am. So I've been working on some tongue twisters lately. I don't know if you guys enjoy that sort of thing. But like as a performer, it's really important to do tongue twisters. You know. So um, there's this one that I can't quite get. It's a, it's a dark cock. Dark cock. If you can say it five times fast, dark cock, dark cock, dark cock. Like, I mean can anybody can anybody do it like dark I know it's like it's just I can't quite get my mouth around that one I don't don't know what about that do you guys um do you guys have angry friends do you guys have any angry friends you do okay so you're friends with comedians no but I I have I have this particular angry friend he's like my token angry angry black friend you know and he recommended to me the other day he's like you know you should go see the uh straight out of Compton movie <laughs> something i wanted to go see anyway right so so i go see the movie and i tell him i'm like yeah i saw this i saw this film i was like you know i saw straight out of Compton he's like oh oh you saw straight out of Compton did you like it i was like dude i really liked it i was like i thought it was a really good film i mean everything about it and he's like oh it's about oppression you think oppression is good you like oppression and I was like, well, I am married. <laughs> like, <laughs> And then I added, I was like, you know, I think that actually this film is, is, is an important part of, of black culture in this, in this country. And he's like, black culture, black history? What do you know about black culture? What do you know about black history? I was like, well, I, I, know, I know that you got to vote 100 years before we did. <laughs> like, there's, there's that. I mean, I don't... You know, and I was like, "Well, how how should I better as a white girl?" He's like, "Oh, uh-huh, white girl, because there's no, there's nothing worse. Like, there's no, there's nothing below a, a white girl. Like, there, there's no derogatory term. It's just what we are. Uh, you know, you want to celebrate Black history, Black culture. He's like, "Oh, you're gonna have to do more than listen to Talib Kweli. <laughs> do more than that. You're gonna have to do more." And I was like, "Well, what should I do?" He's like, "You should read some Black literature." And I was like, cool, I get that, man. I get that. Like, I don't understand what it is to be an invisible man. You know, I don't. And I don't understand how things fall apart. So maybe I should educate myself. But the funny thing is I never really associated black culture with literacy. You know? Now, ordinarily, I do a lot of political jokes. Yeah, that's okay. You can laugh, fuck that, it's fine. You can laugh, you guys. Let it go, it's fine. Now, I I usually love to do political jokes. Did you guys watch the fucking debates? The Republican debate, the Democratic debate? You know what, Pam's shaking her head. No, and, you know what, okay, so I didn't watch it either, and you know why? It's like, I turn this shit on, I listen to politicians, and it's like, I need to preserve my brain cells. You know what I mean? Like, I listen to that shit, and it's like my brain cells are burning faster than if I'm doing nitrous. Like, that's how that shit feels. I listen to it, and it's just idiocy. So I don't do it. I don't do it. Where is the joke in that? I don't really know. Uh, I I really have been trying to watch the news less, Uh, but one thing I know that is pervasive in the news is gun control. I love it! Gun control! How the fuck are you even gonna put those two words together in our country? Gun control? There's no fucking control over guns in this country. That's like telling somebody, Happy Black History Month. There's no (laughs) happy black history in this country. There isn't any. It's crazy. In fact, the only thing I think we have as far as gun control is concerned is probably the Second Amendment, like maybe, right? I know, I know. And if you read through it, as far as I can tell, the Second Amendment is like, pretty much the only and best argument we all need for universal health (laughs) care. Like, that's what that is. (laughs) If everybody has guns connected together, you'll get there. It's good, it is. Happy Black History Month, you (laughs) guys. All right, what else, what else? I know, boy, this is, I don't know. Gun control is a crazy thing in this country. I've never been shot, has anybody here been shot? But well, you're laughing, it happens, man. People get shot. Like I've never been shot, but I've been held up at gunpoint and pistol whip. That shit was crazy. Like I couldn't even I was like, For the, how are you gonna rob a woman? Do you know what I mean? Like like what are you gonna take from me? You got like twenty bucks in cash, like my cell phone and pretty much all my rape fantasies, but like <laughs> what the fuck else are you gonna take from me? You know, what I mean? and by the way, if I how are you going to rob a woman? You look at me. I have 21% less in my wallet than you do, like, just to start with. <laughs> what the fuck are you gonna rob a woman? Now here's a story about how that happened, right? It wasn't even here, it was down, I was in New Orleans. So I took a flight down to Louisiana, right? And I catch a cab, and I tell the cab driver the address of where I'm staying, and he's like, oh, that's in District 5. And I'm like, District 5? I'm like, isn't that what they call it in Hunger Games? <laughs> like, what? And it is, you guys, because that shit is not from the dystopian future. That shit is from the South. Shit's from the South. (laughs) And the first thing I notice when I get down there is that there aren't any national banks. Holy mackerel, Andy, there's no Bank of America. There's no Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo, ordinarily, they're like, together, together we'll go far. You know, yeah, but when it comes to Louisiana, they're like, together we'll go far, but no, no, we're not going to fucking, we're not going to Louisiana, we're not, eh." it's cool. And then the second thing I noticed was that they don't have public schools. In fact, the public school system has failed. And here's a joke that I didn't have to write for this set. The fucking, the the last school to close was in the recovery school district. ah, Yeah, that's right. So, okay, so anyway. This is why the whole fucking crime level is very high, right? Okay, so it's no surprise that the white girl, again, the derogatory term, uh, makes a mistake and walks home and fucking gets robbed, pistol whip, laid out the fucking ambulance that, again, wasn't covered under the Second Amendment that I had to pay for. Anyway, we end up in the ER, right? Yeah, I know, collect, collect yourself. So we end up in the ER down in Tulane, right? And uh, the, the, the doctor there, she looks at me. My face is all fucking squished in. She's like, can you see me? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, can you hear me? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, you're fit for work. That's fine, that's fine. And on my way out, that's, it's a jail joke, Pam. Have you ever been to jail? Because that's what they say. And that's what you get if you don't have education and you don't have banks, Pam, because this is happening to our people in our country. And when I say our people, I mean, Pam, I mean people we used to own. You know what I'm saying? So then what had happened was, the last person that I see on the way out of the ER, right? She's the she's the discharge nurse. And she looks at me just so sad, so judgmental. You know, and she's like, you know, if women didn't drink so much, we wouldn't make such bad decisions. We wouldn't get beat. Oh. Oh, okay. No, it's clear to me that white girl made a bad decision. Like, I will admit that. But her line of reasoning essentially is that women shouldn't get to make bad decisions, that only men should get to make bad decisions. And I'm like, what the When you guys make a bad call, like, we end up with Hiroshima and the Holocaust. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And like, when we make a bad decision, it's something we can return at Marshall's (laughs) or abort at the clinic. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) All right, Pam, where are we? 843, oh, hell yeah, okay, hell yeah. Thank you so much. Let's lighten it up. So I do, I do love the news. Um, I read a lot of news, and if you guys know, like El Nino's coming, fucking crazy ass fucking storm. It, or, or, do we have any surfers or any like, uh, like ocean enthusiasts in the room? Yeah, you got some, okay, so surfers gotta look out, you guys, like there's some crazy shit brewing in the ocean right now. Everybody's talking about how many sharks there are, how many sharks there are. And if you have, my favorite online video of the year was this, uh, was this surfer, Mick Fanning. Who battled off a, a great white shark uh, from attacking him during a contest, and I couldn't believe it, and nobody could believe it, and it's gone viral. And the whole thing. You guys got to look out for sharks. Now, how I want you to know this: if you are surfers, water enthusiasts, sharks—they're very smart animals. But if they go after a human being, essentially, what they're doing is they're making a mistake. Really, they're making a mistake. They chomp once, they chomp twice, and then they're out of there, and that's kind of their thing. And I I wondered about this. I couldn't believe it. I was like, how the fuck is a smart animal gonna? And I was like, wait a minute, Shelly, you're you're pretty smart. Haven't you ever, you know, haven't you ever put something in your mouth and then immediately realized like it was a mistake? <laughs> I think you all have. Thank you guys so much. My name is Shelly Strable. Thank you for being here. MutinyRadio.fm. <laughs>
4: Yay, Jelly Strayball. Keep your hands clapping for her. Yay. Hey, keep it going for yourselves, you guys. Look at this audience here. Thank you guys for being there. Say, uh, yay, us. Yay. Yay yay for you. Uh, Hey, I'm really excited that you guys are here, honestly. Uh, The next comedian, it's so exciting. He is uh, the mastermind behind the new beverage container thing we're going to have in the back of this Immunity Reader. He's so helpful to us here. He's... Built this closet. He's ripping up the floor. Uh, he's the handyman himself. He's also very, very funny. And uh, we'll let will uh, I'll I'll uh, tell a joke to to get him ready for you because they're having a conversation. Knock knock. Jesus. I know Jesus. Who did that guy exist or what? Like. Right, I mean, he's an allegory, right? Like he's just a bi- he's just a fictional character. I don't know how that works. Uh, hey, your next comedian—he is not fictional. He is amazing. He is here to make you laugh. He's a really great guy and a very very funny man. Put your hands together. It's Ethan Albers.
10: <laughs> Scared of my finger now. I like that. It's almost gone. It's almost gone. I have a crushed fingernail. It's kind of scary, I guess. Hello, everyone. Hi. 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 Hey. Hey, good to see you. Hey, hi. Hey, hey. Hey. What's up? I was making sure. Oh, is this radio? <laughs> oh, man. And this, this isn't going to last, is it? No, I mean, like, like, yeah, like, everything. All of it. None of it. It's all going to go away, right? Eventually. The internet, everything. Everything we do to be remembered will be forgotten. Right? It's kind of crazy. It's kind of scary. Well, there's one thing that won't go away. Pollution. So if you want to be remembered... Right? Right? Like, I'm not gonna be remembered for comedy. I'm gonna be remembered as the guy who killed all ducks, guys. Just this world with those dirty little rapey birds. That's what I'm gonna do. They rape, they force it force sex, just poison bread. That's how I'm gonna take them out. They're terrible. They rape those. That's terrible. That's starting strong, guys. Talk about bird rape. There we go. On stage with torn pants, too. Just, I'm at that weight. I'm at that weight where I just, like, blow the crotch out of stuff, guys. But it, like, yeah. I moved a whole soda machine by myself. And I was, like, and when I was, like, moving, I was, like, I hear the tear, and I'm, like, no, not my stage pants. And that's exactly how it was, guys. I tore the fucking balls out of my pants, so now I'm here. That's how it is. That's how life is, man. Oh. I uh I'm trying to be like I'm trying to like learn how to control my temperature, uh temperature. My temper. Like I'm a pretty cool guy. Like I'm I'm cool. Like I'm not gonna lie, but pretty cool. Like on the outside. <laughs> let's i I'm perfect. Let's go ahead and face that. Right. <laughs> But I do have like moment. I have a moment where I'm not cool. Like I have one moment in life, I get road rage. I do. I'm I'm one of those people. I get road rage. It's not. It's not good. I say I, I have one word. I say uh, road rage and traffic, and uh, I don't don't it. It's not good. I yell faggot in traffic. It's just my go-to word. It's not right. It's not right to yell that word. I yell faggot in traffic. Here's the thing. Like I know I shouldn't be doing that. But du- I shouldn't be doing it doubly because I drive a short school bus every day, guys. I drive a short school bus every day. No soccer mom should have, faggot, yelled out the window from a bus, okay? Because you know, the first thing in her mind is going, whoa, if he's calling me that in traffic, what is he saying to those kids? What is he saying to those kids? Right. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just that word. I got it from my dad. Like, I like when I close my eyes and I think of uh, the, the word faggot, I don't think of like a gay couple. I think of somebody who doesn't know how to merge. That's what I think of. Somebody that doesn't understand the zipper. That's what it is. Every car has its place is what I'm saying. Yes, it's a bad man. Yeah, I drive a short school bus because I live on a school bus here in San Francisco. Okay, we can laugh at my lifestyle. All right, we'll do that. Yeah. No, I do. Like, I, I really do. Like, I, I, it's electively. It, it is electively. Like, I did electively. I'm not, I'm not homeless. I'm house free, guys. That's what I am. I am house free. Yeah, don't call me that. People come me, you're like, hey, people all have, like, want to be all edgy. You know, like, they'll go, hey, man, how's your van? I'm like, it's a bus. Don't dismiss my lifestyle. Okay? Don't do that. I could stand up in mine. Okay? Don't be like that. There's a bed. Here's the thing you got to get used to people looking at you differently. Like, when you live on a bus, it's going to happen. Nice, man. Nice timing. No, nah, that's okay. Enjoy it. You did, totally. Just that guy, all the yuck yucks are out the room now because of that guy. Uh, uh, you know it, baby. You're talking to one. You're talking to one. All right. Guys, attention deficit disorder is a major deal. <laughs> Clearly, he wasn't listening because I was not condoning it. I was making my behavior. Well, I'm not going to fuck. Whatever. Fuck him. There was. was. Yeah, so where was I at? Talking about buses. (laughs) (laughs) From the guy from New Jersey in the back. (laughs) No, no, no. It's not right. That's not right. He was not trying to merge, Bodie. He was not trying to merge. That's what it is. No. People put power in words. People put power in words. Yeah, it's not fun. I, I had a moment recently, I was, uh, I was outside of a safe filling up water uh, for the bus, and uh, I this guy was like other jug of water. I'm like, great minds think alike. He goes, yeah, man. Plus, bottled water is expensive. I'm like, yeah, and you don't want to give your Nestle your money, right? And he goes, I never thought about that. I'm like, yeah, Nestle, they exploit third-world aquifers. They turn a human right into a commodity, right? Fuck that company. And he goes, that's another reason. And we high-five when we go our separate ways. And I know I'm a better person because I informed him about that. And he's a better person because I informed him about that. And I get on the bus knowing that we're all better people, right? That's how that works. And I turn around and like eye contact with him one last time, I'm like kind of not, and I knew deep down inside everything I told him was dismissed. Because I live on a bus, guys, you can't listen to somebody who lives on a bus. If I start making sense, you know who else starts making sense? Jehovah's Witnesses start making sense. The people on the BART, they start making sense. It's a slippery slope. Don't listen to me is what I'm saying. Don't listen to me, man. Oh, man. I, I don't know. I blame all of like, like, a lot of the craziness I have in my life. on uh, My father who's a very colorful person. Like, we didn't do, like, a lot of those family outings as kids. Uh, we did one thing. We'd all pile up in a station wagon as little kids, and we drive around nice neighborhoods throwing stale bread out the window. And my dad would go, what are the rich like? And us kids were like, birds! (laughs) And it wasn't until I got older that I realized he was encouraging birds to shit in the nice neighborhoods, guys. Because that's a crazy person. That's what he does. Like, I I was trying to think about the first time... Uh, like I realized my dad was crazy like the first physical time like oh my god, he's crazy uh, I was a little kid. I was running outside no shoes on and my dad's like hey, put your shoes on and I'm like no And so my dad does like parenting thing. I'm sure your guys dad's did it He pulls a pistol out and holds it to his head and goes put your fucking shoes on I'm like whoa. I did not see that on full house not once that is not a Danny Tanner move That is not He's crazy. My dad was crazy and it was okay. Everything was okay. Cause everything he did now was like, oh, he's fucking crazy. Like my dad would get mad at inanimate objects, like physical, like take it via, get, Like he got angry at a mop one time cause it wasn't like cleaning the floor the right way. And so he went outside and threw it into the hedge next to our house, which wasn't really a big deal. Jackson, you stole my thunder. God damn it. I'm rolling thunder. Fuck off. Round of applause for Jackson right there, guys. Round of applause. Black and Jackson. I love this guy. We, uh, anyways, let's talk about mops. We're talking, I know, I'm professional here. Come on. I I will always get my point across, okay? Center of attention. Stare at me now. I need it. Joking. So, my dad got mad at a mop and came out and he threw in a hedge. It's not a big deal because his hedge was this like overgrown, essential, just trash pile that my family did. Like my mom, I remember kicking a TV in there and me throwing like broken toys. And it's, So it was just a trash hedge. It wasn't a big deal. He comes out with his mop and he throws it in there like a harpoon. And here's the thing. On the other side of the hedge, there was a gas station and he threw it right through and broke the window out to a police car. And this is like, I was like, fuck, my dad's crazy. Is fucking five minutes later, there's a cop knocking on the door, holding his mop. And my dad opens the door, looks at the officer holding his mop, and the first thing out of his mouth is, God damn it, I can't get rid of that mop. <laughs> that is a crazy human thing, man. <laughs> fucking dad. <sighs> I, oh man, well, I'll tell you, what, I, the first time I rode a horse, we'll talk about the first time I rode a horse. So the first time I rode a horse, I um, I used to be a ba- I, I don't know I've hung out with a lot of shit bags. I I've hung out with a lot of fucking just dirty shit bags in my day, and this one guy um, named Richard in particular I used to work with. He was like 55. I was freshly 21. And he's like one of those old punk rockers from New York that left after 9-11 because it just got too weird for him. You know, so he's a fucking weird dude. So he goes, come out to my house. I banded punk rock. I'm into horse riding now. I'm like, that's a fucking clear segue right there, right? You go right into horse riding. So I go up. I'm like, I idolize this guy. This guy used to fucking party with the Goo Goo Dolls and stuff, right? He's fucking cool. So Goo Goo Dolls. So I go up. To his ranch, and I go in his barn, and I've never, it's a, uh, I, I've never seen a horse in my life. I go in there. these two animals. And he goes, that one's Harley Davidson. That one's Jim Beam. You're riding Jim Beam. And I'm like, all right. So no tutorial. Does I climb on it, and we start walking around. It's like pasture. And he goes, you got it? I'm like, yeah, man. I can totally ride like a fucking horse. Like City sluggers, like Phil Billy Crystal, whatever. You know, I'm feeling cool. He goes, good. We're riding to the pub. We're riding to the bar on a horse? Okay. So we ride on this bar through this little town called Farger Lake, Washington. We ride down, and we stop at the bar, and we get off, and we we did them out, and we tie up the horses outside, and Richard Ford, he stops me. He goes, hey, listen, man, the the bartender side of the the bar is kind of a celebrity. I don't want you to get crazy or anything. I'm like, kind of a celebrity? Who is it? He goes, it's Tanya Harding. And I'm like, the, like the professional figure skater that attacked Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding? He goes, yeah, you know her. I'm like, yeah, who doesn't know Tanya Harding? I don't believe him. So I go inside. It's Tanya Harding, the bartender, guys. You know what happens when you attack another person and get exiled for professional figure skating? You wind up a bartender in Farger Lake, Washington with horse stables on the outside of it. So we're in there and we're drinking, and this bar is packed, but Tanya has her eye has her eye on Richard. Richard's a good looking guy. Like I said earlier, he used to hang out with the Goo Goo Dolls. What former professional figure skater wouldn't want to fucking mouthfuck him? I'm not sure, or whatever. So she's hanging out, and the entire night she's like, Richard, um, will you play me a song, Richard? Richard, I want you to play me a song. And Richard's like, no, no, no. He keeps denying a song. And eventually she's like, corners him, like, Richard, you need to play me a song, I've had a terrible night. And he's like, all right, darling, I'll play a song. This worked out really weird. Tanya Harding goes back and pulls electric bass guitar out from where the ice was stored at this bar and just hands it to him. No amp or anything. So he's just in this fucking loud bar going He's just doing this bass solo. No lyrics, just a bass solo. And Tony's like, ooh, that's good, Daddy, I love it. You, you really made my night. And I'm like, is this really happening right now? Then we all snort Oxycontin in the bathroom, and I leave the bar. I leave the bar, and that's when I realize I have to get on another living animal to get back to my car so I can drink and drive home, guys. Because that's what I did. That's, just fucking, that's Oregon, Washington, fucking wherever. Like, I might kill a child, maybe. like That's it. So I get on this horse. I'm freaking out. He goes, don't worry, man. Don't worry. He's like, horses know their way home. Horses do. They know their way home. And he goes, all I have to do is say home. So I'm like, home. And he goes, yeah, if I can be respectful, use the horse's name. So I'm like, home, Jim Beam. Home, Jim Beam. And Jim Beam starts taking me home. Here's the thing is, Jim Beam doesn't take me way home that I went there to the bar. Jim Beam takes me the way he knows how to get home, which is through the forest in a gallop. So I'm holding onto a horse going, I'm gonna die. Ah, it's just pitch black, branches coming over my head. I just met Tanya Harding. I just did Oxycontin. This is how it dies, Ethan. I'm referring myself to the third person. And I come through this forest and I hit a light on Richard's shop and I stop. I'm like, I make it, I turn around and there's Harley Davidson, but no Richard. I'm all fucked up. I'm like, Harley, what'd you do with Richard? (laughs) And the horse goes, nothing, it's a fucking horse. I'm fucking high talking to a horse. And then Richard comes out like all fucking mucked up. He's like, fucking smart, I'm like, what happened, Richard? He goes, I got so confident on my horse, I tried to stand up and ride him like a surfboard while lighting a cigarette and a branch took me off. (laughs) That's the, that's the first time I rode a horse, guys. Uh, first time I met Tanya Harding. All right, thank you. it has been my time. My name's Ethan Albers. Have a wonderful night. Give it up for Pam!
4: Amazing stuff from Ethan Albers, yes! Oh, man. You guys, uh, we have your headliner now. I'm very excited. Uh, he left us for a while to go to uh, Texas. I don't know why he would do that, but he's back. And better than ever, I uh, love all his jokes. I'm going to introduce him to him. I'm going to get everybody out there to come in here to listen to him, because he's going to go for like 15, 17 minutes, something like that. All right. Hey, you guys, he's one of my favorite comedians here in San Francisco. Put your hands together. It's Chris Kanatzer.
11: <laughs> all right. Praise be. Let the other comics hear it. It's been great talking about politics, speaking the truth. Praise be. Can I get an A, women? That's right. Oh man, it's good to be here. Uh, I hope y'all enjoyed the comedy show. Um, I used to I used to perform comedy, and uh, I retired last year. In order just to travel around the country speaking the truth <laughs> and uh that's what I've been doing the last nine or ten months uh I was in Austin, Texas, my hometown, for a little while, but it got hot uh some government problems and uh you know as you as you would imagine, I'm putting my life at risk um going around the country and speaking the truth and uh, it's a risk I'm willing to take, but uh, Texas was no longer tenable, so I'm here now for a little while until things blow over. And then we'll uh, I'll resume my tour of the nation, and uh, it's been great. Everywhere I go, people are awake to the truth, and uh, as I've been traveling around, a lot of my fans have found out about my collection of crystal figurines, and uh, I know. And uh, so everywhere I go, you know, invariably, there's one or two people that after the, after the lecture will come up and say hi, and then they'll give me a, a figurine for my collection. And uh, it's great, you know, my backpack gets super heavy, but uh, I'm touched, I really am. Uh, I'll give you an example, two nights ago, Wednesday night, Cincinnati, I'm standing outside the arena, and uh, a little girl comes up to me, seven, eight years old, and she gives me a little crystal figurine of a lizard. She says, Mr. Cananser, is it true that President Obama is a lizard? (laughs) I know. I said, Yes, little girl, it's true. Obama's a lizard. (laughs) How joyous. How wonderful is that? The children are awake. (laughs) The awakening is real. It's happening everywhere I go. More and more people are wide awake to the truth. You all know the truth. The truth. The truth is our American political system is a sham. Elections are scripted like wrestling or the NBA. That's right. The truth is 9-11 was an inside job. And so is Hurricane Katrina. That's right, harp. The truth is our government, like most governments on this planet, and the entire entertainment industrial complex is controlled by the Illuminati. And I'll probably die soon for saying so, but you all know it's the truth. That's right. That's right. You don't wanna mess with them. They have inferiority complexes because they're just puppets. The Illuminati are puppets of the Babylonian Brotherhood. Which as you know, is composed entirely of reptiles. That's right, the reptilians. That's the truth. Little green men, aliens, lizard people, whatever you call them, they're here. They've always been here. What I'm telling you is not a glitch in the hologram. What I'm telling you is not a glitch in the hologram. What I'm telling you is not a glitch in the hologram. You've been conditioned to not believe me. Your mind programmed by years of transmissions from the hollow moon base. She knows moon landing's about as real as ISIS. We're being poisoned every day by chemtrails. We're being poisoned every day by capitalism. The Super Bowl, World Series, Fox News, CNN, NBC, CBS, CIM. <laughs> Head and circuses, all distractions. Keep our minds away from the truth. The reptilians are among us. You may know reptilians. You may be intimate with reptilians. I don't want to get too far off track, but just some warning signs if you're concerned about your relationship and you don't know why. Cold, emotionless sex. It's a warning sign. Does your partner complain of wild temperature fluctuations, always too hot or too cold? Could be a problem. Have you ever witnessed your partner drain a baby of its blood like a Capri Sun? <laughs> it's a huge red flag. <laughs> Not always, but usually. <laughs> Sooner or later, a reptilian will reveal its insatiable thirst for human baby blood. Even now, you can think of a friend or a relative who's too eager to hold a baby every time. Mm, Holds it like a sandwich. um, Keep your eye on them. And we've all seen the videos of George W. Bush frolicking at Bohemian Grove, dancing around in baby blood. I assume. It's not just him, it's all of them. It's all of them, all of our beloved politicians, all of our beloved celebrities. Hillary, Bernie, reptiles. The new fun Pope, it's a reptile. (laughs) Taylor Swift, reptile. Oprah, reptile. LeBron, reptile. Willem Dafoe, human. That one, That one stumps both sides. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, give it up for Willem Dafoe. Platoon was amazing. That's right. Love Willem Dafoe. And you know, that's really the answer. You have to have love in your heart. So the only way we'll overcome all of this as a species is love. And so I'll stand here and I'll admit to you, I love the work of Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm a huge fan of Benedict Cumberbatch's work. You may not know, he's a 2,000-year-old snapping turtle. (laughs) But he's put in his time. He's done the work. I'm happy for him. You know, drink all the babies you want. I can't wait to see Doctor Strange. That's great. It is fantastic. People are awake in this room. I love it. Absolutely love it. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. The enemy of the enemy of the enemy of my enemy is Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Do you know who probably dislikes farts the most? Deaf people. That one always floats around the room for a second. <laughs> Sorry, it's hard to transition away from conspiracy theories. <laughs> we could talk about love. Um, I apologize for whoever's coming up next. This is always, uh, This always kills the room. Feel free to get up and go have a cigarette if you get too depressed. I live it, you don't have to. Um, but let's talk about love. I should have learned everything I need to know about love from my last girlfriend, and uh, and when I say last, uh, I don't just mean most recent, I think that's it. I think that's the final one. (laughs) I think I'm good. I'm good now. And uh, uh, my girlfriend, we had so many problems. (laughs) We really did, so many problems. One of the problems we had was uh, she was a stickler for grammar. Believe it or not, it fucked up our relationship. Uh, it made dirty talk impossible. I would, I would nuzzle behind her and say, Mm, baby, I want to fuck you so bad." She would give me that look, and I'd correct myself: uh, "Baby, I want to fuck you so poorly." Uh, Another big problem we have is uh, distance. She's still in Texas, and uh, there's a saying, distance makes the heart grow fonder. That's wrong. Uh, The quote is actually, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Uh, That is also wrong. Uh, Absence makes a vacuum in the heart that can be easily filled with strange cock. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I cannot I cannot stop gobbling up strange cocks since we've been apart. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm I'm being coarse. Uh, you know, it keeps me from crying up here. I can save it till I get home. Just barely. Um Now, the big I guess the big problem I've been I've been hiding from y'all the the big problem was my girlfriend was a prostitute. Oh, thank you. I've been trying to find the humor in that for some time. Um, yeah she was uh she was a prostitute, and um you have to be pretty emotionally tough. You can't be overly jealous and uh I think I did a pretty good job she would you know she would come home from work every night exhausted, and uh I would rub her feet, which I guess in retrospect was stupid is the only part she wasn't using. Um, we would lie down together and I would spoon her to sleep, and occasionally in her sleep she would fart, and uh, her farts would smell like cologne. Now I know, there's a pall of confusion and sadness. Everybody is slowly realizing the problem. That's right. Men do not put cologne on their genitals before they visit ladies of the night. It's from their wrists. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what's awesome. My girlfriend was. prostitute and she was widely reviewed online as the city's premier bbfs provider for those of you pretending to not know what bbfs is it's bareback full service no condoms thank you and uh it's true Uh, she had reviews written by her that were legendary by colonel cream pie 1972 And the whole time she and I were together, we did not use condoms. Yeah, that's right. Well, read the reviews. (laughs) No, it wasn't me. No, it's true. And, And I just philosophically, I'm against condoms. I think condoms are a dangerous fad. If you're using condoms, you have to get them out of your life. Keep having sex, but roll the dice a little bit. Get rid of the condoms. No, it's true. It's it's bad. It's yeah, boo to condoms. That's right. Boo, quote unquote safe sex. It's ridiculous. If you use condoms, it's like challenging God to a duel. You're slapping God across the face with a glove made for a dick, and you're gonna lose. There's some non-believers in here, I can feel it. (laughs) That's fine, I'll put it in scientific terms for you. Since condom use became quote unquote popular, new strains of chlamydia and gonorrhea and syphilis have all gotten much, much stronger. They've evolved, there's that word you love so much. Can contemplate it as you burn in hell for all eternity. It's true, STDs are getting much stronger. The new outbreak of the clap is so severe, scientists are calling it the applause break. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Look how excited everyone is to raw dog it tonight. We can come together. Get condoms out of your life. We as a species need filth and disease. Not filth and disease, we need exposure. Any smart parents will tell you, if you want your kid to grow up with the proper immunities, you have to let it play around in the dirt. That's how I treat my cock. I let it get a little dirt in its mouth. Maybe swallow a penny. It'll be fine. And I know that in that last joke, I'm referring to my cock as a small child. Uh, but I can't help it. They're still so cute at this age. <laughs> Isn't it over yet for these poor people? One minute. All right, I'll uh, I'll tell you the truth about uh, about my cock. I haven't actually spoken to my cock in 17 years. It's true. My cock and I were in a very abusive relationship. It's absolutely true, I'm a feminist, I respect women, I love women, I honor their, uh, you know, I I just, and my cock just thinks they're three-story garages. It's disgusting. And we just don't, we don't talk about it. And uh, I'll I'll give you an idea of how bad our relationship was. Uh, In much of my 20s, it was so crazy that when I would fuck somebody, I would somehow think it was my fault. Yeah, so. (laughs) You know what I like to do is, um, I like to slowly stroke it while I think about all the horrible, horrible things it's made me do over the years. (laughs) And I like to bring it to the edge of ecstasy, just engorged with blood. And I like to slam it in the door frame and then read a Doris Lessing novel, because I'm a feminist. Thanks.
4: Are you all awake? The awakening has come. and It is upon us. Sweet, you guys. Well, that was really great. That was uh, the very first Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse Showcase. It's going to be like this every Friday. Yay! Yay, I'm gonna take uh, every week, we'll have the, the best uh, the open micers for the week and we'll actually have a showcase like this and we'll give them more time. There'll still be an open mic from six to 7.45 so people can practice their shitty jokes. To do them at a real show, thank you, real audience. Clap for yourself, real audience, yay! Non-comedians in the house, say yay us! Yay! That's exciting stuff. Again, thank you guys for being here on the very first Pantastics. It's gonna be like this every Friday from 8 to 10. Uh, again, thank all of your performers Bodie Lane, Aaron Klopford, FC Sierra, Joel Spears. You can clap during this because they were all so great. Joel Spears, Zach Wiseman, Shelly Straber, Ethan Albers, Chris Kanatzer. I've been your host, Pam Benjamin. Um, Stay tuned, because up after 10 o'clock is the ship of fools here on MutinyRadio.fm. So yay, thank you guys. Good night.